Tell you every week about Boyer's Coffee. Good coffee, man. Boyer's Coffee is the original, legendary Rocky Mountain roaster. They roast uh, coffee right here in Denver at altitude, and because they do that, it makes the coffee super smooth. And again, it is local, and it's uh, roasted daily, delivered fresh weekly to your local grocery store, where you can do as I frequently do, just have it uh, brought to your house. And the way you do that is get online, man. The internet, you've heard of that. Boyerscoffee.com. It's that simple, Boyerscoffee.com. They always, and I mean always, have all kinds of deals going for different flavors, for different product. Uh, So make sure you check out that website, boyerscoffee.com. They're the proud coffee partner of the Colorado Rockies. So uh, make sure you give them uh, a shout online and have it delivered to your house as I do, or you can pick it up at your local grocery store as well. Boyerscoffee.com. Love telling you about steeldealers.com. They have over 10 thousand dealerships around the country. Remember, it's spelled S-T-I-H-L, steeldealers.com. And that's where you can find not only your local dealers, but all kinds of products, man. And they have great stuff. For instance, experience firsthand the real benefits of battery power like I have in my garage, long run times, and the ability to switch between multiple tools. So check out what Steel has to offer at your local steel dealer. Uh, Steel's a company built on real power, tools built for real people and dealers who deliver real service, and they have the product just for you no matter what the job is. It's steeldealers.com, S-T-I-H-L, steeldealers.com. This week on the Drew Goodman Podcast, Rockies manager Bud Black recaps the 2021 season. You know, there's some positives, Drew, for sure. Notably, Brendan Rodgers, I think, finally became the Brendan Rodgers that our scouting department, our front office, saw when they drafted him out of high school. Uh, I, I do think now he's arrived, and I do think that he's going to have a you know impactful career. And tells you how the Rockies can compete in 2022. Subscribe to the Drew Goodman Podcast podcast wherever you find podcasts and tell a friend this is the drew goodman podcast hey everybody welcome to podcast number 117 glad as always that you're along with us and a reminder to tell your friends uh, about what we do here and have them subscribe and download and all those good things that uh, i'm uh, supposed to say to keep uh, building an audience but i appreciate uh, all of you who are regular listeners uh, because we try to uh, inform, we try to entertain, we try to bring you uh, interviews that uh, will be uh, of interest to you and, and maybe even enlightening at times. Also, a quick reminder that uh, you can check out the DNVR Rockies podcast with uh, Patrick Lyons. I join uh, him every week. That's a DNVR Rockies podcast. I know my man Drew Creaseman is moving on, and I wish him all the best. Good man. Uh, good baseball man and, and a guy that's followed the Rockies since their inception. All right, time to get rolling. The season's over. The uh, final win total is 74. The Rockies, because of that uh, rain out in Atlanta, only play 161 this year. Uh, they exceeded most people's prognostications, particularly after the trade of Nolan Arenado. For that, I, I guess you get a you know a minor pat on the back, but that's not what it's about. And and I think even ones that wear the brightest of uh, of purple sunglasses will say, hey, it's about getting to the postseason and, and trying to win a championship. Uh, the Rockies, we know, got to the postseason in seventeen and eighteen. The last three years have been disappointed because they're not in the postseason. Uh, we're going to try to attack uh, at least at a basic level today what they need to do to get back into contention. And uh, then, as you heard, we'll talk to Buddy Black, get his thoughts. And I can tell you, since we taped this a couple of days ago, Buddy, uh, as always, really candid and uh, has some thoughts as to where the Rockies need to go to get better, things he was pleased with, and again, things that uh, you know either need correction or overall improvement. And uh, he talks about individuals and he talks about uh, uh, things from a a wider perspective as well. Okay, we'll talk football, by the way, also a little bit of football uh, on the other side of Buddy. What went well? Well, individually, 
you saw Brendan Rodgers emerge. And I'll be the first to raise my hand, and I'm not the only one. There's many of you listening right now who would be in this club. You're pretty skeptical about whether Brendan Rodgers was going to make it happen, certainly in a Rockies uniform. Much ballyhooed prospect. You saw him up a couple of years ago and briefly last year. And in, in 97 prior at-bats to this year, I don't remember him hitting the ball on the barrel uh, very much at all. It was a struggle. But listen, even for a guy who's really talented, sometimes it takes a while. And one thing that is in short supply in the world today, and certainly in sports, is patience. Well, patience was rewarded because Brendan Rodgers ended up having the highest batting average with the Rockies. He became one of their toughest outs. He hit 15 home runs in a little more than half a season's worth of at-bats. And now you look at Brendan Rodgers and you can clearly say, and I think unequivocally say, he's going to be part of the solution going forward, getting the Rockies back to the postseason. So put a big circle around Brendan Rodgers and say, man, that went well. He emerged. Another guy who emerged is Elias Diaz. The first couple of months were rough. And we didn't see much of him last year. He really was the third catcher last year. Remember, Drew Butera was involved last year. And the Rockies used him defensively. um, and, And Tony Walters was still here. So the Rockies offensively got zero out of the position uh, defensively, they were sound with Walters and Butera. And then Elias Diaz got, you know, a handful of starts. That's it. You weren't even sure what you had. You knew that he was a big, strong guy. Um, this is a guy that is exceptionally well-respected by the pitching staff, well-liked by the pitching staff, well-liked in the clubhouse. When you watch on television, he always plays with a broad smile on his face. You can see other guys continually going up to him and engaging him. Um But it goes beyond, hey, he's a really good teammate and he has a cannon for an arm. In the last four months of this season, so it's not the the small sample size, which I'm always reluctant to, to put too much weight on. Here is what his OPS was in June, July, August, and September when he became the primary catcher. OPS 842, 961, 878, 890. The lowest was 842. OPS plus, that's where you factor in the ballpark, right? Because we know that Rockies play at Coors Field, great offensive park. So OPS plus factors in the ballpark. Here were his numbers, 100 being league average. June 120, July 142, August 124, September 131. So he was 20%, 42%, 24%, 31% in those respective months better than league average. That's excellent. And here's one other note. I didn't even realize this until I was doing some research uh, earlier today. He started 87 times behind the plate. When he started, the Rockies were game over 500, 44 and 43. Again, on a club that only won 74 games. He improved dramatically individually, and now you can circle uh, his name and say, you know what, the Rockies have a bona fide two-way starting catcher, a number one guy going into next year. A couple other uh, you know, guys that we're going to mention here, Connor Joe really emerged. We're going to talk more about Connor Joe uh, in a moment. I know it was a little over 200 at-bats, but there was a whole lot to light there on the offensive end of things. Out of the bullpen, another area that we're going to discuss more deeply in a moment. Uh, a couple of young guys that deserve a pat on the back. Lucas Gilbreth. Rockies haven't had a left-hander in a while, right? Lucas Gilbreth, outstanding second half. Really uh, became a guy that uh, Buddy could rely on in tight circumstances. Uh, and he's a rookie. Makes it even better that he's a, a local kid, Legacy High School. Jordan Sheffield, Rule 5 selection from the Dodgers. Hurt during the summer, came back strong late, uh, was good early, too. They were concerned about him walking guys. Really didn't walk many guys. Uh, and he's made of the right stuff. Still one of Buddy's lines there. All of those things were positives. The rotation proved to be durable, proved to be solid, and... 
those guys are all controllable. They're all young in terms of young in their prime going forward. I think it will be, and you could make the argument right now, it's the best rotation in team history. You've heard me pontificate on this on previous podcasts. That is the reason why you can be optimistic with the right moves and good fortune, because you always need that. The Giants had good fortune this year. One of the reasons uh, they've won they've won as many games as they have. Uh, so you need those things uh, moving forward. But they have a rotation. It's the most important thing uh, to have. Now, they've also been the beneficiary of good fortune with that rotation. There haven't been, I knock on wood, I always say this, uh, there haven't been any major injuries. Yeah, guys have missed some starts. We know that. Freeland missed the first couple of months. You know, Senzatella missed some time. John Gray missed some time. I know John Gray is a free agent. We'll see how that um, plays out. But because they have a really solid rotation, and, and I'll repeat something I've said before on this podcast, there are at least 20 other teams, at least, that would gladly trade their rotation for the Rockies rotation. They're tough-minded. Um, again, they're durable. And uh, there's some you know, upper-end stuff when it comes to Herman. You know, even Kyle Freeland, we've seen how well he's competed at times uh, in the postseason. Uh, Sensatella is vastly improved. Uh, I like Austin Gomber. I know he missed time late late in the year, but uh, Austin Gomber fits right in. They need greater depth there. They need you can't line up just five guys. You know you're going to use ten at least, so you need quality depth. All right, what didn't go well? Well, when you win seventy four games, a lot of things didn't go well, right? The offense is lacking. The offense is short on power, short on slug in a game that wraps its arms around the ability to hit the ball over the wall consistently. You look at the top six, eight teams in terms of power numbers, and guess what? You know what they have in common? They're all the teams that are going to the postseason pretty much. You got to hit the ball over the wall. We'll address that more in a moment. The other thing that's been ugly the last few years, it got it got better this year, was the bullpen. Now, it improved marginally. It still needs to be, you know, much much better uh, for the Rockies to be able to protect leads consistently, um, and that will help them out on the road certainly, and it should be able to uh, help them maintain where they were this year at home winning 48 ball games because that's a minimum you got to be you got to be in the upper 40s to 50 plus and then get back to where they were a few years ago where they were you know basically a 500 team and on a couple of occasions a little bit better than that uh, out on the road that's the winning formula as we know uh, in Colorado I think for the Rockies it has to start in the ninth inning I don't believe right now Maybe they have that guy on their roster who's nasty enough to pitch in the ninth inning. Maybe it's Carlos Estevez. He needs to take a step forward in terms of consistency, uh, cut down on, on the number of balls that, that are hit over the wall. Uh, he has a chance, but you always work backwards from the ninth inning. So that's a synopsis of, of what you know went well. We talked about the individual uh, aspects and, uh, and and certainly the things that didn't go well. And the reason the Rockies are where they are is, uh, I think, in large measure, their offense and and not secondarily, but uh, accompanied by a bullpen that has to get better. And we saw signs of that uh, certainly late in the season. Um, you know, a couple of individual performances I've mentioned here. Kinley, Tyler Kinley, I thought threw the ball well uh, the last six or eight weeks. There are things to see as positive moving forward. And now you go, okay. How do you get better? I'm going to do it by power because I spent a little bit of time talking about power. The Rockies this year were 20, where do I have it? 21st or 22nd? I believe they're 22nd, 21st in home runs hit. They hit 182. 21st. This is a team that plays at Coors Field. 21st in all of baseball in hitting home runs. Not good enough. The top half dozen began at 222 home runs. So the Rockies are roughly 40 shy of entering that area of, of being an elite home run hitting club. They need 40 home runs 
going into next year. We'll get to that in a moment. In terms of runs scored, they were 11th. And you say, well, that's not that bad. Remember, they play a Coors Field. Not good enough. They scored 739 runs. The top half dozen, 804 or more. The Giants, for instance, were 6th in runs scored this year. They scored 804. So the Rockies need roughly 60 more runs going forward. You also have to couple in that the DH is invariably coming to the National League. and we'll talk a little bit about that with Buddy coming up. So let's go back to home runs, and, and then we're going to look at things individually. They're, they're in a position where you need 40-plus home runs. Well, a full season of Elias Diaz, who had 18 home runs, let, let's say he can be in that 22 to 25 range. I don't think that's unreasonable. So add five home runs there. Brendan Rodgers will get a full season worth of at-bats because he really didn't emerge until June. He had 15 this year. I honestly think he's going to be a you know easily a 25-plus home run guy, maybe in his superb years, a 30-home run guy. Let's add 10 home runs at second base for Rodgers. Here's a guy that's a complete wild card that we've spent a lot of time um, talking about over the last really few years. And he's been on this podcast on a couple of occasions. Uh, I adore the guy. I feel for for him, for what he's been through. Sam Hilliard, obviously, is who I'm speaking of. He remains one of the most intriguing players um, that's come through Denver that I can think of, you know, maybe ever. It hasn't all happened for him yet. He can run, he can throw, and obviously he he has as much power as anybody that's ever put on the purple. And that's not an embellishment. It doesn't mean he'll hit as many home runs as some of the great sluggers who ever wore Rockies uniform. But in terms of raw power, he's got it. And he's worked his ass off on cutting down on his stroke, uh, we know there's going to be a lot of strikeouts. That doesn't deter some of the great teams um, from shying away from certain players. I mean, Joey Gallo, uh, I'm not a huge fan of, of his game, but he is highly valued because of the three true outcomes. Yeah, he strikes out a lot, but he walks a lot, so he gets on base a lot, and he can hit the ball over the wall. Sam Hilliard uh, and Joey Gallo is a good defender with a great arm. Sam Hilliard, I think, can be that kind of player. The difference is, is Sam Hilliard can play center field. I think if you let Sam Hilliard go in center field, couple that with with Garrett Hampson, who he's improved the, the strikeout rate, but really his first three years in the big leagues, he's, he's if you look at the numbers, he's, he's kind of defined who he is, and he's right around 1,000 at-bats. I still believe in him. I still think he can get better. His versatility is a plus. But I think if you run those two out there with mostly Hilliard, and Hilliard hits left-handers, are there going to be strikeouts? Yeah, they're going to be. But I think over the last month, you saw the walk rate up, and you know he can change a game with one swing of the bat. So I think you can get out of center field at least 10 more home runs, probably more than that. So now you're at 25 to maybe 30 more home runs based on Diaz full season, Rogers full season, and giving Hilliard, you know, far more at bats than he ended up having this year, and which again had to be such a, a difficult year for him emotionally with uh, his dad's illness and ultimately his dad's passing um, with ALS. Third base, Ryan McMahon. I'm going to go back to the outfield by the way, in a moment. Ryan McMahon at third base, um, his two la- his last two full seasons, uh, pretty much similar. You know, 23, 24 home runs, 83, 85 RBIs, uh, the OPS almost exactly the same. Can he get better? I, I think he can, but I- I'm going to leave that one neutral. The Rockies, and and we should mention it right here, I, I- they re-signed C.J. Crone for a two-year deal. Completely applaud that move. Same thing with Senzatella, a five-year deal. Talk more about that in a moment. But I, I think with McMahon and Crone, uh, Crone hit 28 home runs. McMahon, what did he finish with, 23? Uh, I'm going to leave those neutral because if they repeat that, that probably to be expected right now with the number of at-bats they have in the big leagues. 
Um, could could it could it change? Could McMahon all of a sudden become a a thirty plus home run guy? Certainly, he has that ability. Um, could Crone hit thirty plus again? Yeah, I mean he was very close this year. Hit thirty with Tampa a couple of years ago. Let's be honest. We don't know what's going to happen with Trevor's story. There's a strong likelihood he plays for someone else. So that's going to be the loss of probably close to 15 homers, right? Maybe more, maybe a little less, depending on you know how they replace him. So now your aggregate is about your plus 15 homers. Remember, we're trying to get we're trying to get to or plus 20 homers. You're trying to get to that that 40 home run mark improved there. It has to come in the corner outfield spots. We all love Charlie Blackman. He has been a not a good Rocky. He's been a great Rocky. He's had a hell of a career, and he's going to be you know back for a couple of more years because he has a, a an individual option the next couple of years. He had 13 home runs this year, nine in the second half, which was better. He's still a tough out, but it's unrealistic to think yeah he's going to jump back and be a 30 plus home run guy as he was just a couple of years ago. In left field, I love how Rymel Tapia plays the game with his hair on fire. You know, does he make some mistakes because his hair is on fire? Certainly, but so many players do also. But he hits it on the ground more than any player in baseball. He hit six home runs this year. It is a power spot, the two corner outfield spots. That is where the Rockies need to pick up those 25 home runs, 20, 25, whatever the number ends up being. And that's where free agency comes into play. Can they get one or, in a perfect world, a couple of additional bats that have done it um, before? You know, when you start dreaming, as all fans of a team do, that's one of the beauties of sports. It's one of the beauties of the offseason, particularly in baseball. You start thinking about, for me, a Kyle Schwarber, who's... You know, as of this taping, he just hit a home run last night as Boston eliminated the Yankees. He's a, a, a high walk guy. That's why they lead him off in Boston. He's hit 30 plus home runs a couple of times, did it with the Cubs. Great in the clubhouse. He's not a great outfielder. To me, big deal. I don't care about that in left field. I don't. Get a couple balls a night and he'd he rotate and DH some. I don't know if he's going to leave Boston. I mean, you would think Boston with the run they've already had this year, is going to do everything they can to keep him. But you can dream a little bit. So it, it's that that additional number of home runs, as I broke this down, uh, it, it should come from free agency if the Rockies are fortunate enough to be able to get somebody and it's a big free agent class, um, as we all know. So more on that um, down the road. Connor Joe's a wild card. I told you I was going to mention him because Connor Joe, we, we, I don't want to say we forgot about him, but because he was out all of uh, the last month of the season with the hamstring injury, that y- you almost lose sight of had some power, gave you one of the best at bats, night in and night out, at bat to at bat um, on the team. 380 plus on base percentage, you know, good slug percentage. Connor Joe is kind of the wild card in there because he can play left, he can play first, he can D8 some. And again, if you complement that with somebody who's not currently a Colorado Rocky, uh, you help address that power outage, that power shortage, I should say, not outage, but shortage. Okay, real quick before we get to Buddy Black. Had a Twitter debate with several uh, people out there, maybe maybe several of you, hopefully, uh, listening, because I said it was a strong and aggressive start for the Rockies to uh, re-sign C.J. Crone for a two-year deal. Very, you know, in the, in this day and age, low dollars. I think it was $14.5 million reported over two years for a guy with 28 home runs and had an OPS of over 900. Very strong deal. And, and it's two years. Not one of those, you know, eight-year deals. Um, so I applaud them for that, and I applaud them for Sensatella. Sensatella is a five-year reported fifty million dollar deal, maybe fifty and a half. The Rockies cannot go out on the free agent market and get pitching. You know that. And Sensatella um, was their strongest pitcher the final couple of months. His last two years have been very good. He has an improved slider and the occasional curveball. Um, he keeps getting better. He is really, really solid. So to 
So to have a guy who's 26 and you control him for five more years at an average of $10 million in rotation, that's that's job well done. And so when I saluted Billy Schmidt for being so aggressive, not even 36 hours into the offseason and getting those two deals done, you know, the cynic, and I understand where the cynicism comes from with the Rockies. I do. I get it, man. But they deserve credit there. And I said it's early. I mean, the Rockies were the first team to do anything in the offseason. I think Billy Schmidt has has a definite plan. He has a definite vision. And let's see, you know, where they go from here. They're not going to win every, you know, battle to sign a free agent. And you may not know of it because unless a guy signs, you don't know how deep the conversations were between certain teams and, and a player. It's only revealed when player signs with a certain team. You go, okay, that team won the sweepstakes for player A or player B. Uh, But the Rockies deserve credit uh, for being very aggressive, getting C.J. Crone signed, being very aggressive uh, in locking up Sensatella as part of that rotation, which is the foundation of of this Rockies team uh, moving forward. Uh, and again, we'll see what transpires in the coming weeks and months. It'll certainly be interesting, but that emphatically was a good start, and they deserve. And Billy Schmidt, in his first act as full-time general manager, deserves credit, and and that's why uh, I stated that on social media. All right, on to the words of Buddy Black and his perspective on what went well and what needs uh, improvement as. He embarks on the offseason and uh, looks forward to the 2022 season. It's our Ideal Home Loans interview of the week. It's the Rockies manager, Buddy Black. Buddy, whenever you uh, you know get to this point in the season, I know that that drive back to, uh, to Southern California is... Uh, therapeutic in a way and allows your, your brain to wander to, to what went well and, and areas you need to improve and that sort of thing. So uh, what I'll start here. What are you most pleased with as you reflect back on, on 161 games? Well, uh, Drew, that's a broad question, uh, but I'll try to answer it the best I can. Uh, you know, what I you know, what I like was some individual improvement from a number of our players. Uh, notably Brendan Rodgers, I think, finally became the Brendan Rodgers that uh, our scouting department, uh, our front office, saw when they drafted him out of high school. Uh, I, I do think now he's arrived, and I do think that he's going to have a, a you know, impactful career uh, for the Rockies moving forward. A couple of the young pitchers, I thought, handled themselves very well. Uh, Lucas Lucas Gilbreth, I thought did a uh, you know a nice job out of the bullpen, especially the second half. Uh, I thought Austin Gomber, uh, while he was with us, uh, not quite a rookie, but yet you know not a lot of big league service time. I think he proved himself uh, as a quality major league starter. I think Elias Diaz, uh, again not young, you know thirty one. Uh, but I think he had a breakout year that established himself as a frontline catcher. So, uh, CJ Crone, given the opportunity to, to get every day at bats, uh, proved that he can be a, uh, upper, uh, he can be a producer. You know, he can produce runs, he can score runs, he can, uh, hit homers, he can knock them in. Uh, so individually, I think there were some good things. The starting pitching staff, I thought, held its own. Uh, you dig a little deep into their numbers, uh, you know, really solid, I think, over the course of the year. So there's some, uh, you know, there's some positives, Drew, for sure, uh, you know, from the season. Uh, and I think that, you know, when you look at, you know, teams who are now embarking on the playoffs, they, you know, they had multiple guys, uh, you, know, you know, you know, maybe 10, 15 guys who had really solid years. We didn't have that. And you need that from, you know, your 26-man roster. You need a lot of guys performing well to get to uh, to get to be where you want to be, and that's the playoffs. As you look forward to formulate a, a, a championship caliber roster, and that's what you're alluding to, where where do the priorities lie? And in that that same again, this is a you know deeper dive in this, but uh, 
within that, you know, how far away do you feel you are in terms of acquiring or seeing growth to achieve that goal? You know, we have to, we have to improve our offense and, uh, you know, if we can acquire a couple bats uh, who can, you know, for me, hit the ball of the park. I think our power numbers, uh, you know, are a little bit low, uh, you know, to get to where we need them to be uh, to impact the game, to impact the season. So I think we need a couple more bats. Uh, and then with that, even if you get the bats, you need your you need the guys that you retain, the guys who are coming back to to have good seasons. And then if that happens, I think we have enough talent to, you know, to uh, compete with the Dodgers and the, and the Giants and the Padres and, and everybody in our division. Uh, but uh, we need a couple more position players, Drew, to, uh, to make this happen. On the pitching side, I think we feel pretty good about our starting pitching. I'm a little concerned about our depth if any of those guys go down. Uh, and you can always add some relief pitching to make that stronger. I think we have a group of relievers that I think we can count on. Uh, but over the course of the year, you're going to rely on, uh, you know, seven or eight guys out of a, you know, a nine or ten man bullpen. And you have to, you have to have consistency. And consistency comes a little bit with a, a track record or. Uh, you find lightning in a bottle with a young with a young pitcher, but we have to add to the current group, Drew. To uh, I think to get back to you know where you can really feel good about being competitive. Is it hard, buddy? And you and I have had this conversation many times over the years that um, where you can't just look at a a short snippet and say, "Oh, okay, that guy's a rod." I mean, if, obviously, very fair assessment because Brendan Rodgers basically over four or five months did it. Same thing for Elias Diaz after a slow start. But with I'll, I'll give you a guy Tyler Kinley, who's not a kid; he's thirty and, and he's had his moments. I mean, I thought really good the last couple of months. Um, you know, you mentioned Lucas Gilbreth. I, I thought even though Jordan Sheffield's a, a kid and missed a, a big chunk of the season, you, you saw enough there. You say, can he be part of the solution? How, how do you balance that, buddy, looking at, you know, a uh, you know, three-, four-week period versus, all right, this is a guy? Well, that's, that's, that's tough. I think you really have to, you know, first you, you see the talent. And you mentioned those guys have talent. And then you go to the, uh, you know, you go to the person, you see how they're built, their their intellect, their aptitude, their work ethic, uh, their character. You know, all those things are are indicators of future performance. Uh, You know, guys will continue to improve based on, uh, you know, the ability to learn and make adjustments. I think with those four guys, uh, you know, we have it. So that's a, you know, that's a good sign. But with players in general, uh, I mean, you're exactly right. It, it's tough to really, uh, you know, project long-term performance on a on a couple-month sample size, whether it's on the mound of, uh, for a relief pitcher, you know, 15 innings a, a month, 10, 12 innings a month, uh, or a position player with 100 at-bats, uh, you know, if, if he – if a hitter has a, a really strong 100 at bats, that might not be an indicator of future performance. So uh, you got to dig deeper into the person, Drew, to uh, to really know if if that if that person's capable of sustaining it. I, there's always been a thought, you know, bullpens are, and it's probably unfair, but are easier to fix than a starting rotation, you know, a, a moribund offense. Would you concur that that you can? You can improve there pretty rapidly or dramatically from one season to the next. I think so. Yes, uh, and I think you do it by, uh, you know, again, I think trying to get as many uh, bodies as possible into spring training, and and hoping that you have enough optional relief pitchers, guys that you can send down to the minor leagues, so you have a pool of, of pitchers who are uh, capable uh, of of pitching well in the big leagues. Uh, you know, I, I think we're getting to that point now where, 
the guys that we gonna we're gonna have in our bullpen are a lot of them. You know, they're gonna have options where if they struggle, we can go to AAA, bring back another guy. We've been a little bit hamstrung the last couple of years with with players who are are out of options and down, and we didn't really have the depth in AAA to replace them. So. You know, Drew, I, I do think it, it can be improved uh, significantly, uh, but you got to do it by numbers. You just can't count on nine guys that you think are going to be solid from day one to day 162. And it starts, uh, again with a with a closer. You know, just you know, recent Rocky history, the you know the you know the 17 and 18 seasons, we had a guy in the ninth inning who uh, who led the league in saves both years. 17, it was Holland, Greg Holland, and in 18, it was Wade Davis. So, uh, and we went out and, and, and got those guys and they performed, uh, in those years. So, uh, you know, we need that, uh, you know, that, that real consistent guy in the, in the ninth inning. Uh, I think the top of our rotation is solid if you look at our starters. So, if you have a guy who can truly close, you have a, a good rotation, you can, you can find those bullpen pieces that can hopefully get you to the ninth inning. Do you do you look at yourself, buddy, as uh, as it, it's funny? I'm going to use a college term, but like you know, chief recruiter. We we know what it's like in college football and college basketball, college baseball too. I mean, the the closer is the head coach oftentimes when you're trying to recruit talent. You mentioned earlier, you know, trying to hopefully getting a couple of bats to help you out, and maybe you know some other spots as well. Do you? Do you view yourself as, hey, I've got to be that guy to be able to close and sell the Rockies on, um, you know, a prospective uh, guy out there? Well, what I, I'm a complementary piece to the process. I think that, you know, obviously the general manager in the front office and, you know, at times the team president or the owner are involved, you know, way more significant than the than the field manager in acquiring talent. Because in these cases, the the general manager is the point man, you know, talking to the uh, representative of the player, the agent, uh, who represents a, a player that you have interest in. And there's and those conversations go on uh, all the time amongst the front offices and, and agents. You know, very rarely does a, a player speak for himself. I mean, it's. Uh, it's rare if that happens. So the, the conversations between uh, the club and the agents are, uh, you know, the big piece of that part process. Uh, I'm a complimentary piece of that, like I mentioned, where, you know, I could talk, I can, uh, you know, within the, uh, the time frame and the rules of the, uh, the rules of free agency and, and so forth, uh, you know, I can talk directly to a player or at times even an agent, but, that's usually uh, a directive from the general manager. So, uh, and where I am now in my career, you know, I know a lot of players. I know a lot of agents. Uh, you know, and I like being a part of that process to try to get guys to, uh, you know, to the Rockies. As are uh, a number of our coaches who have relationships out there too. And at times, Drew, you know, we can maybe use one of our own players to help uh, that process of, of getting a player uh, to our team. So. Uh, it works in a lot of different ways. Are, are you excited, buddy, given that uh, area of what you can sell uh, the Dodgers and the Giants, or actually now the Giants and the Dodgers, uh, by record, the two best teams in baseball? Um, they're in the same division, as we all know. Um, but uh, yeah, And the Padres have a talented roster that, for various reasons, had a, had a difficult year. But do you believe that you can go out and, and uh, you know, sell what the Rockies have and say we can really bridge the gap and, and, and compete next year, um, given what you have on the roster already? Well, I, I think that, uh, you know, that's a big piece of it because players want to, you know, fit in a spot where, you know, they fit and also a component of, uh, you know, with a, with a chance to win. I think guys, have, uh, you know, outside of our team and other uh, – and. You know, whether it's free agency or minor league free agents, I, I, I always think that the Rockies are a, uh, you know, a, a place that's attractive to other players. You know, it's a great city. Uh, you know, it's a, a great part of the country. Uh, you know, the travel's pretty good with, a, with uh, you know, where we're located. Uh, beautiful ballpark. Uh, 
you know, on the offensive side, you know, position players, you know, really would enjoy coming to Colorado just statistically. Uh, and I, and I think our, you know, again, I think our coaching great on all those little things. And more importantly, I think that, you know, you look at our players, uh, you look at our pitching, uh, you look at, you know, where we are now presently with the group we have, uh, and then if we've got the prospects coming, uh, I think we have some prospects coming through. They might be, a, uh, you know, a couple years away than, uh, than, than really knocking on the door. Uh, but that's also, uh, you know, something that players look. Hey, hey, buddy, if Trevor Story's wearing a different uniform next year, is the everyday shortstop necessarily on your roster? And I know that that points clearly to, to Brendan Rodgers. And would you be more comfortable? Hey, really good offensive year. He He's made strides at second base. Let him get comfortable there rather than putting the left side of the infield on his plate. Um, how, do, how do you view that? Well, that's a fair question. And it's something that we've talked about uh, you know, obviously more recently than, uh, than, you know, the whole season, if that does happen. Uh, you know, for me, uh, ideally it would be, it would probably be best to keep, you know, Brendan in second, let him settle in there and have that be his position, his position moving forward. Uh, not to say that he can't play shortstop, but, you know, to the, to the critical eye, uh, Second base might ultimately be his best position. Uh, you ask that to Brendan Rodgers, he'll say, "No, I can play shortstop," and I, I love that about about him that he believes that he can he can play that position at the big league level. Uh, we haven't seen it a lot, so uh, we'd have to really bear down on that and and give him the opportunity to show us. Uh, it's not out of the question, but ideally, it'd be. Uh, it would be best to maybe get a, a shortstop in here, whether it's from, you know, our system or elsewhere, and have Brendan, uh, you know, settle in the second base. More with the Rocky skipper, Buddy Black, in a moment. But first, this for Ideal Home Loans. Brent Ivinson's team gets it done for you. Give them a call, 303-867-7000 if you're buying a new house, if you're consolidating debt, or if uh, you're going to do like so many have done, including myself, refinance. Give them a call. They're going to save you money. They're going to put you in the best product after listening to what your circumstances are. Their phone number, once again, is 303-867-7000. They also can help you take cash out of your house to remodel or to get uh, another type of project around the home done. If you think you already have a low rate, but maybe you're not completely sure, it doesn't hurt. Pick up the phone. Give them a call. Brent Ivinson's team will uh, let you know if you can save a few bucks, as so many have done over the last several years. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They're very, very good, and they're local. 20-plus years in our market, also down in Arizona. Brent Ivinson's team at Ideal Home Loans, 303-867-7000. 303-867-7000. Divorce is not fun. Difficult time, emotional time, uncertain time. Been there. You need guidance, you need counsel, you need accurate information and great professionalism and understanding. And you'll find it without question at one of the top family law firms in the region in Cox, Baker and Page. That's Cox, Baker and Page. They've been recognized in a number of publications for their excellent work in the area of family law. They're compassionate and thorough in guiding you through a tumultuous period. Their work has been routinely recognized for its excellence. U.S. News and World Report, for instance, consistently award Laura Page and Mary Cox best lawyer distinctions. If you or someone you know is looking for counsel, reach them at coxbakerandpage.com. That's coxbakerandpage.com. Mention you heard it from me and receive a discount on your initial consultation. Now back to more with the Rockies manager, Buddy Black, in our season recap. DH, by the way, buddy, as you factor uh, and, and you have internal conversations about uh, free agents that, that you want to flirt with, um, the with the likelihood that the DH is coming to the National League, how big a factor is that in, in how you game plan? Big. I think that's, uh, you know, I, I 
think that's headed our way. That's the that's the speculation, which is pretty strong, uh, you know, coming out of these negotiations that are, you know, kept pretty private. But I think there's a, you know, there's ongoing momentum for that for sure uh, to have the DH. Uh, but what that means, uh, Drew, is that all 30 teams are going to have DHs and, and 15 new teams are going to have a DH. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of competition for a lot of bats. So uh, in, in any sort of free agency, there there has to be a fit and there has to be a desire uh, on both ends for a particular player. Uh, and that's uh, a lot of times easier said than done. Uh, and that's where uh, it might look, you know, perfect on paper, uh, but in reality it's, it's far from it. So uh, – but if that comes into play, I, I do think that helps the Rockies, uh, you know, for a number of reasons. Uh, you know, it, it gets another potential big bat into, you know, our lineup. But it also does for the other teams in our league. But, again, the it, it gives, uh, you know, us the opportunity to, to give guys a blow, uh, you know, in altitude to get them off their feet for a game, to, to keep them fresh as possible, uh, but yet keep their bat in the lineup. So. Uh, and it also keeps our pitchers from, uh, you know, from taking their at bats and and helping them just, uh, you know, concentrate on pitching. Uh, even though, uh, full disclosure, I do like when Marquez hits. I, I like when Gomber hits. I like when Freeland hits at times. So uh, it works both ways. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, um, with with the whole free agent thing that we've touched on a couple of times, uh, with I'll take two of your own. Trevor's a different animal. We understand that. Are you confident, uh, optimistic that C.J. Crone and John Gray will be back in the fold? Uh, you know, Drew, I I, I am uh, probably more so with C.J. Uh, I'm sure of, you know uh, what's going to happen with John, but I know that uh, C.J. Has, has really expressed a strong desire to stay. I think there's, uh, you know, there can be an agreement uh, when when both sides work really hard at it. And with John, I know there's been uh, conversations uh, about John staying uh, and John's willingness to stay and our willingness to, to have John back. But, uh, again, I think there's also, uh, you know, a component of John wanting to to maybe go out there and see what's, out there for him with another club. So uh, it's, a, it's a little bit of a, a dilemma, I think, for John in, in which direction he really wants to go. And I hope with John, he makes, I hope he makes his own decision on what he really wants to do. So, uh, you know, we'll see where that plays out. And, and obviously, and, and forgive me, but you've had this a ton, but with, with Trevor, there, there's at least three, if not four, if you include Marcus Simeon, Shortstops out there. We're coming off uh, a difficult period fiscally for the owners, and revenues have been way down for obvious reasons. The new CBA. When you load all of that up, is there a is there a a chance that that Trevor doesn't take this opportunity and go somewhere else and says, you know what, maybe I have to reprove myself for a year or two, and and, and he's back in a Rockies uniform, or is it a fate to complete? No, I think there's a possibility. What percentage? I'm not sure. Uh, you know, I, you know, as this month goes on, uh, and and maybe there's some, uh, you know, back channel whispers uh, of of where guys might be headed. Because uh, officially, Drew, this obviously this free agent period uh, can't start uh, until the World Series is over. But as you know, there's always those. Uh, whispers uh, going on behind the scenes uh there'll be no actual negotiations going on but you know players and agents might get a little feel for the market and it's like you said uh, you know because of the conditions uh, ahead uh i mean for all those guys not only trevor uh you know that you mentioned simi and seager and baez and correa uh chris taylor uh with la who's also has uh, you know, a shortstop component to his game. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how this all plays out. Uh, but it might benefit, you know, all those guys, uh, or, or some or a couple to, you know, to maybe stay put and go out there on the market next year. 
I think, uh, you know, Trev, will have, Trev and his representatives will have to analyze that once you get into November. Hey, one last one on personnel. Um, I think everybody fell in love with this guy because you saw what kind of human being he is first and foremost. But but also, I'll tell you what, for me, where I sit, if the game was on the line, I'd take Connor Joe at the plate uh, and, and the at-bat he was going to put together um, as much as anyone you had on your roster. And that's not being um, – dismissive of anybody else you had but it's just a compliment to what he brought can he be a 145 game guy or is he more of a complimentary piece or is it still to be determined i think it's still to be determined but uh you're right in the in the quality at bat that he presented this year and you know in a sample size that was uh, you know maybe good enough to really assess right he had 200 plus at bats you know, but, you know, your first question about what I liked about the season, I didn't mention Connor, uh, but he's got to be right up there with all the other guys who, who had, you know, really good years. But there's, uh, there's a lot to like about him and, and mostly just the, uh, you know, the quality at bat and what we're trying to, you know, teach and preach to our hitters, like all teams are. Swing at strikes and, and take balls and, you know, let's, let's cut our chase rate down and, uh, let's let's put the ball in play and let's take our walk. Uh, but he showed, uh, you know, that he could that he can hit in the big leagues. Now, uh, I, we think it's going to be sustainable. Uh, is he going to hit uh, 280, 290 like he did this year and have an on base of 380? Uh, you know, that's pretty lofty. But uh, you know, he's at a point in his career where you know physically he's in a good spot, mentally he's in a good spot. Uh, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna recover from the hamstring injury and, and have a good off season to get ready uh, to, uh, you know, to play next spring and and, and make our club. Uh, you know, the, the thing that, that concerns me a little bit, Drew, is the position. Uh, you know, where are we gonna play him? I think there's two positions: left or first. Uh, you know, it, you know, if we sign Crone back, uh, you know, that's a, you know, that makes us better. Uh, but Connor gives us an option in a, in a couple different spots, and he's going to work really hard on his defense, which I uh, which I think is important. So he's going to do everything he can this winter to to come in and prove that the uh, that the 200 at bats last year were real, and he can do that again. So uh, and knowing the guy like I do, uh, when you add up the intangibles of of the guy, and I mentioned a lot of those earlier, uh, you know, the work ethic, the uh, the intellect, uh, the will, uh, the desire, uh, you know, the unselfishness. I mean, you, you checked all those boxes off. And usually those guys succeed. So, uh, you know, we feel really good about where uh, Connor Joe is and, and his place on the Rockies roster. Good deal. Who wins the World Series, buddy? Uh, Drew, there's a lot of good teams. There's a lot of good teams. Uh I, I sense, ah, I sense the National League team's going to win. I do. I don't yeah. know which one. I don't know which one. Were, were you? I didn't ask you this all year. Were you like seemingly everyone else in the industry? Some level of surprise at, at what the Giants accomplished. I mean, they got a lot of big name guys, but you know they were all in their mid thirties or most of them. Um, and, and almost a nondescript pitching staff after Kevin Gosman. Were you at some level surprised or even shocked? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, coming into spring training, you know, you liked all the you, you liked the names, right? Because you know they have done it in the past, but they but they hadn't done it recently. And then you looked at the pitching. Uh, and you said, okay, you know, I recognize the names, but, uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of big years that they had and, and sometimes, uh, didn't make, didn't meet expectation, uh, you know, through performance. But then as the season unfolded and you saw, you know, on a daily basis what they were doing, I, I, I wasn't surprised. Now, would any ever thought? Would anybody thought that you know Posey, Crawford, Longoria, Belt uh, would all have Renaissance years, which they did. 
would anybody thought that Logan Webb and Kevin Gosman would be, uh, you know, two of the top, you know, 10 pitchers in, in baseball? Probably not. But yet they did it. They have talent. Scope, as I mentioned, had talent. They had a rebirth. And then you combine that with the, with the veteran roster and how they were deployed as far as a lot of platooning. Uh, it was, it was tough to get the right matchup from the other side. I mean, they had answers for, uh, opposing pitching staffs. And Aaron Ruffs and the Stephen Duggars and the Mike Yastrzemskis and the, uh, Donovan Solano and Wilmer Flores. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a group of players that mixed really well and, and came together. And some of the guys out of the bullpen, like you mentioned, uh, you can, uh, you know, bullpens can have great years. Uh, they can be variable, but in 2020, bullpen had a very good year. So you add it all up, it's a, you know, it's a remarkable 107 wins, and they deserve them because they played great. So uh, at the start, you could probably say, yeah, didn't see it coming, but is it, but as it uh, sort of rolled through the season. Uh, it was real. It was real. Hey, buddy, we'll we'll, we'll let you get going on your drive. Uh, the 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 only pressing question left, clearly, is when you are not uh, visiting with uh, schmucks like me on your drive. Um, what will be the prevailing music that will entertain you on your uh, trek back to uh, the San Diego area? You know, I will uh, flip on some uh, classic rock. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw on some uh, Jackson Brown. I think that's good driving music. As long as you're not running on empty, you don't want to run on empty. Exactly right. I will throw on some Van Morrison. Uh, I'll throw on some Bruce Springsteen. Uh, I'll flip over to Motown. Uh, listen to the uh, old school uh, Four Tops, Smokey Robinson, uh, The Temptations, The Supremes, and uh, all of that will get me. Uh, you know, from Denver through Utah, through Nevada, and then into Southern California. Buddy, that's why I love you. I mean, you're a great manager. You're fun to be around. But listen, I could sit in the back and be completely content and not say a word. There you go. There you there go. You go. We can have a, a sing-along. Well, you don't want me singing along, man. Dude, just... well, yeah, you, well, me either. I'm not a yeah. <laughs> I can't carry a tune in a bucket. Yeah, me, me either. Hey, listen, drive safe. Um... Congratulations in, uh, on another one in the books, if you will. And, and obviously, um, we really look forward to next year and, and continued improvement and, and hopefully getting back to where, where you had the Rockies just a couple of years ago. You got it, Drew. And thank you for your uh, uh, astute uh, knowledge of the game and how you broadcast it. I just get, uh, I get a, so many comments from uh, my people. Uh, who watch uh, Rockies games via whether in Denver or through uh, MLB Network or through their, uh, you know, through their TV package or wherever they are and, and listen to you and Huey and, and Spilly and, and Sully and Jenny and everybody's so complimentary of how you guys broadcast. So good going. Uh, you guys got a lot of fans across the country watching our games. Well, that, that's much appreciated. And I certainly uh, we'll pass that along. Listen, be well. Hey, by the way, are you um are you running down Arizona at all or or uh... yeah yeah I'm gonna I'll uh, you know I popped over there on uh, that last off day on Thursday when we were in Arizona uh, to the instruction league. I'll pop over there again to see our uh, our our youngest kids uh, in the instruction league. I'll pop over to the fall league where we have uh Jordan Sheffield's going to pitch. We got uh Toglia over there. We got uh, Willie McGuire. We got some guys over there in the Arizona Fall League that I want to keep an eye on as well. So, uh you know, it's, it's good stuff and uh, like I mentioned earlier in the piece, I think we got some guys coming Drew. It might be a couple years away, but there's some there's some talent coming. Yeah, I was talking to Roe about some of the young minor league guys even in the DSL. I know that's plenty far away, but he's excited about some of the guys they have, which is yeah. great to hear. I may see, if you're there next week, I may see. I'm going to go down Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, so I'll be there. Listen, be well, man. My best my best to Nan and your girls, and um, and we'll, uh, we'll talk soon, bud. 
Okay, Drew. All right, brother. Big thanks as always uh, to Buddy. He's he's great, man. He 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 really is. And and again, even the most snarky of uh, of fans uh, with with the Rockies, I would think, have to embrace Bud Black. How he manages, who he is as a person, uh, universally respected in the game and respected to a man in that clubhouse. He's just really steady. So I appreciate. Uh, being able to visit with Buddy and, and bring uh, his perspective to all of you. Um, get this question a lot. Who do you like uh, to win it all? And uh, as of this taping, I know one thing. I know that uh, the Yankees are eliminated by Boston. Um, and then uh, looking forward tonight to watching the Dodgers and Cardinals. So uh, here's my uh, quick prediction. I still think even with Muncie out, even with Kershaw out, the Dodgers are so deep. They played so many playoff games and meaningful games over the last several years. They have that uh, that big stage in their hip pocket. They've been there, you know, with the turn with Justin Turner and the, and the Max Scherzer who's now in the in the fold. Uh, so I like the Dodgers. It's going to be a great postseason. But I like the Dodgers again to come out of the National League and, and represent the National League for the fourth time in five years. In the American League, the team with the best record is the Tampa Bay Rays. And I'm, I'm all in, man. I'm buying in. Uh, a couple of reasons. We're talking about offense. They're second in runs scored in Major League Baseball. They're tied for sixth in home runs. They slug, man. They strike out a lot, but they hit the ball over the wall. And especially in the postseason, it's hard to, to bunch together three or four hits and maybe a walk in an inning and an extra base hit and put up a crooked number. A lot of times, as you saw Boston last night, it's somebody hitting the ball over the wall. Here's the other thing with Tampa. They keep coming up with arms, right? They keep coming up with guys sometimes you never even heard of. Their bullpen pitch more innings because they're creative in how they do things, and they have such depth. They pitch more innings than any team in baseball. They were first in strikeouts out of the bullpen. They were third in ERA. But get this, even though they pitched more innings than anyone else, they had the fifth fewest walks coming out of the pen. Their relievers are outstanding, and their rotation is good also, even though you may not have heard of all their names. So I'm going to take Tampa coming out of the American League, and I'm going to take Tampa to win their first World Series in a rematch with the Los Angeles Dodgers. So there you go. On to football. Here's a quick funny story. Um, We catch these every once in a while. Somebody put out on social media that Justin Herbert, it was a a picture of, you know, some little report he filled out when he was nine years old. And, you know, we all did those things when we were nine years old. What do you want to be when you grow up? Well, like anybody involved in sports, you pick your favorite sport and you say, I want to be a major league baseball player. I want to play in the NBA. I want to play in the NHL. I want to play in the NFL. Well, guess what? Justin Herbert because he was a you know a little athlete, so he wanted to be a pro football player. And then we we show it like 15, 18, 20 years later and say, oh my gosh, it came true. No shit, because every kid wrote the same thing. Or they wrote they want to be a fireman or a policeman. Why are we always um, <laughs> like marveling at that and everybody's retweeting it and favoriting it? Yeah, every kid wanted to play there. And 99.99999% of us weren't good enough to play in the NFL or the NBA or Major League Baseball, et cetera. Okay, I get a kick out of that. Um, last note, I'll send you off with this. Uh, tough one for the Broncos last week. They have a tough one coming up in Pittsburgh, though Pittsburgh is is great in name, but I don't know how good they are, quite frankly, on the field and aging uh, Ben Roethlisberger, et cetera. We don't know, as uh, again, as I take what's going to happen at the quarterback spot with Teddy Bridgewater's uh, concussion. The thing that I want to mention was the small hullabaloo over Vic Fangio on the last Ravens play, the fact that they ran the football to gain enough yards to continue their streak of producing uh, 100 yards on the ground. You know what? I think Vic, who called it bullshit, would have been better off just saying, hey, you know, it is what it is and moving on. Privately, he could think it's bullshit. That's fine. Because you have to pick your fights, especially when you're a head coach or a manager. 
because usually these things come back to bite you because there's something that you will do down the road where somebody will say, hey, why did you do this? So I, I just think I, I didn't get all caught up in it, but I just thought Vic would have been better off just publicly saying nothing about it. And privately, he can kafetch about it. That'll do it for our show. Thank you again for uh, joining us uh, on the Drew Goodman podcast. Tell your friends. Uh, catch the NVR Rockies podcast. They are daily. And uh, we'll do it again next week. Uh, got Albert Pouls coming up uh, in the next uh, couple, which I think you'll enjoy. Really uh, interesting perspective from one of the greatest players of all time. So that's uh, coming up on a future podcast. Uh, stay well. Stay safe. Enjoy the uh October baseball, everyone, and enjoy uh, football as well. Talk to you in a week, everyone.